Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Uh, Derek, Kentucky needed – the fan base needed some good news after a loss to Tennessee on the football field Saturday night, and, and they got it Sunday night, late Sunday night, in a commitment from uh, five-star guard Casey Wallace, a commitment that we've been looking for now for two months. We thought he might move his date up. He decided to not move it up. He committed on his original date. And honestly, I think it was a good thing for fans that he kept it that on that day because Kentucky kind of needed something good to happen Sunday night. And now they have the number one class for 2022, move past Duke. Perfect timing with Kentucky and Duke set to play right here across the street from me in, mm, what, about 60-ish hours, somewhere through there? No, gosh, no, not that long. What am I talking about? 36 hours. <laughs> yeah, too much math for me in the morning. Yeah, uh, yeah way too much math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good start. I mean, the, to this class, I don't I don't know. Um, you know, other targets, we'll see if anyone else comes along. But put them back to number one for now uh, in, the, in the recruiting rankings. Of course, we got Shaden Sharp, who's number one overall in the composite at this time. Chris Livingston's number six. And then Casey Wallace last night, he's number seven. Then, of course, Scott Clark, who committed quite some time ago, really at the uh, beginning of this podcast, it seemed like one of our first guests back in the day. Um, so that's four, four star or four, five star guys, three top 10 players, first time since 2013. And these rankings are subject to change. And I really don't know what's going to happen if Sharp enrolls early. I don't know if they're going to, I don't know where he'll, I don't know if he'll stay in this class or technically be part of the last class. I really, I really, I really don't know. Um, but, you're right. After the after what had happened, I think people are going to be very pleased that uh, they got this commitment. And I'm, a lot of people are probably asleep uh, 10, 10 o'clock on a Sunday night, but it was his birthday. He had a little little party down there in Texas, and uh, the good news was there were no surprises. I guess if you're a UK fan, he had been linked to UK as a as a very likely UK commit for a number of months. Um, that was a good recruiting one on the trail. You know, you beat out an SEC East rival, Tennessee, uh, the team that up until Kentucky got involved, I think a lot of people thought Kaysen was going to end up at Tennessee. So good recruiting one there for Jay Lucas. Uh, you know, a really nice job by him. Yeah, and I love his potential as a two-way player in the collegiate level too. And and know that you go back to Peach Jam, and, and that's that was a big weekend for Kentucky recruiting because they offered Kaysen, they offered Nick Smith Jr. At that point, Derek, we had – uh, Brandon Jenkins on the podcast. I think we had some others on. I think Travis Brennan was on as well. And we asked the question, would Kentucky get both? And at that point, everybody was like, no, they're, they're not getting both. They're going to get one or the other. And they, I think that Kaysen kind of emerged as that guy pretty quickly. I th- and I think it was because of his energy on the defensive end, his willingness to dive on loose balls, uh, pin a ball on the glass and transition, all those things that he does with his energy. I just feel like – John Calipari likes these guys that can affect the game in a number of different ways. And I think Casey Wallace is the perfect, perfect guy for that role. And when you look at these guys in this class, uh, I think Casey's showing an improved jump shot. I think he has all the tools to be a solid offensive player, but it's his, his ability in transition. It's his defensive ability. This is a guy, Derek, that when he steps foot on campus next year, I think could develop and turn into arguably Kentucky's best perimeter defender. I think he has all the tools to be that. It'd be a really good development. I think, again, we talked about him in the past, uh, Drew Holiday, 
as his player comparison on 24-7, a, a great two-way player, not only at UCLA, but, you know, has made a great career out of it in the NBA. Um, Sean, would you expect them – I know we're probably answering recruiting questions. Do you, do you think that's it for UK this class, or do you think someone else comes along? I don't know if there's even any reclass options at this point. Kind of, you think maybe portal from here on out? I think that's it for high school. I think 22 is wrapped up when they sign this week. That's it. I, I don't think there'll be another high school player in this class. And, and the reason being, it, you don't need anything on the perimeter. Now, let, let's say that Shaden, let's say Shaden comes to Kentucky and then it ends up not, I don't know, like, you know, all that situation is and stuff, then you're probably going to have to get something. But I just don't think that there's options out there in high school right now, even in, especially in the big market. Like there's not that guy that's going to come in and anchor your post that's high school. There's not a reclass option that I think will even be ready uh, physically and stuff at the collegiate game. So I think portal's the way to go. And this is kind of the plus of this now. He's got it wrapped up. He can take the next five, six, seven months and kind of see what they need in the portal. And I, I made this point uh, recently, Derek. There's two dudes on this Kentucky roster right now that played against Kentucky and John Calipari prepared for Kellen Grady and Xavier Wheeler. Let's pay attention to these teams on this Kentucky schedule this year. And let's say there's a big man that looks really, really good, and he doesn't like his situation and decides to go into the portal at some point. I mean, John Calipari got two dudes that he's seen with his own two eyes and scouted against. I, I think that that could – and I'm not saying that somebody that they play is going to come to Kentucky. That might be something to watch for, though, if there's an impressive big here in the non-conference schedule or even in the conference schedule that you look at and say, okay, if they hit the portal, that might be some, some incentive for Kentucky to kind of get in the mix, especially if they prepare for them themselves. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm scrolling through the uh, I'm scrolling through the player rankings list. I don't see anybody. But what stands out to me, Sean, the SEC has dominated this recruiting cycle. My goodness. There are this is even more than I realized. There are 28 five stars currently. One, two, three, four, five, six seven, eight, nine, ten of those guys are going to the SEC. Arkansas has multiple five-stars. Florida has a five-star. Alabama has multiple four-star – or five-stars, excuse me. LSU has a five-star. And then, of course, Kentucky has three. So, the league is putting in some work on the recruiting trail, um, certainly. But, yeah, on, on the other end, you're right. I don't – 2023 has, you know, some guys I think – in terms of bigs, you know, Kwame Evans just got offered by Kentucky, but I don't, I don't think there's any kind of plans there for, for him to, to reclassify. So I'm with you. Watch out for the bigs this year that they play against. Maybe you get an elite guy. I mean, there were five star guys, you know, Walker Kessler last year, five star guy going to Auburn, who went into the portal. I think there's always going to be, you'll be able to find a guy in the portal. Basically, let's transition over to Duke now. Sean, like you said. Uh, on the previous episode, you're in New York City. I won't be there. Hope you get your coffee ready for tomorrow because it's going to be late, a late, late game, starting at 930. Um, That's what I was saying a minute ago when I said 60-ish hours. Like, who knows what time that game <laughs> tips off. And it might be 60 hours by the time that that thing tips off, Derek. But, yeah, it's it's here. I mean, it's officially here. And it's, it's a huge game. First time these two teams have ever played at Madison Square Garden. That's hard, That's to, hard believe. to believe. Yeah. Very hard to believe. I mean, they, they played – I know they played in the Meadowlands one year in the uh, – might have been the Jimmy V Classic. I know it's Tayshaun Prince, Keith Bogans, that group. But 
I'm sitting here at the hotel right across from Madison Square Garden, and I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's, it's wild to think that this could be the last time that Kentucky faces Mike Krzyzewski. That's, that's nuts, the, the history, the rivalry there. They haven't played very many times, but every time that they've played, it's been in such big stakes games that the, these regular season matchups, I, I think that this one being in the garden makes it special. And I know John Calipari is talking like it's one of the biggest games in 10 years of college basketball. It's not. But just given the stage, the environment, the talent, the two head coaches, the national championships, I mean, this is a highlight night to kick off the season. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, the, I've always thought, you know, and it's the same for Kentucky's schedule. I think overall, and I know Kentucky's fan base is different, the history of basketball. It's a very, very strong basketball state. Um, but in general, as a country, it's very much a football country, I think. Um, and right now you're in the thick of it. November is a huge month for college football. The NFL is still going strong. I think it's great to have an event that you pair the biggest names, I guess, in college basketball. Of course, you got Michigan State um, on the other side with uh, – Kansas, I was blanking for a second, Michigan State and Kansas, but then Kentucky and Duke. I mean, over, you know, since Coach K has been at Duke for his 45 years or longer, however long it's been, 70 years it's been the head coach of Duke. Uh, seems like it. Um, th- this should put your bet, your biggest names, the best players, things like that in, in a normal year on stage. And I think it's a good event to, to get people interested in college basketball. But, again, it, it kind of fades off until – until conference play, because you even look at it from UK's end, they don't play a game that you would, that a normal, not a diehard college basketball fan would probably even be interested in for what a month. Yeah, no, Notre maybe, Dame. Maybe until yeah. yeah, well Notre Dame, but I would probably go as far as say maybe like Ohio State or, or or Louisville during the middle of December, which is fine. I mean, UK needs these games coming up against you know your buy games where you pay these teams to come in, and hopefully they, they're not like Evansville. Hopefully they don't beat you but uh I, I like this event i always have um i like it a little better when it's an indy nice little drive over to indianapolis but uh, new york city is great um chicago i love chicago of course your fiance you spend a lot of time up there so um for the game though sean i don't have a great feeling about it i would say that i i expect duke to win this game i think if kentucky were to get the win it would be tremendous but if they lose, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal either. It's first game of the season. you got plenty of building opportunities. This team should be far better later in the year. And uh, for all the stuff Cal says here and there that you kind of shake your head at, I, I think he's right in this sense whenever he jokes that, you know, if they win this game, it's a huge win. But if you lose, eh, it's whatever. It is, yeah. And You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I am concerned. I'm concerned because I'm afraid they're going to get exposed in the front court. That that's the biggest Definitely. thing for me. Like like they're they're going to get exposed in the front court. But the, the one thing that I think gives them a chance though is I think they're going to shoot the ball very well. Is I think they've got dudes that can kind of and, and that that might be the way that you negate some of that those mismatches is you you spread them out you shoot the three. Kentucky to me is going to have to knock down probably 11, 13 threes tomorrow night to win the game. I think that that's how they win the game. Uh, Savir Wheeler being that that disruptor and stuff on the defensive end. They need to be very good in transition. I'm interested to see what Cal does with lineups and combinations. If Paolo and those bigs of Duke are just feasting, if Oscar gets in foul trouble, I just don't know. I mean, you want to see Lance Ware. You, you want to see one of those guys, Damian Collins, do it. I just feel like we're going to end up seeing Jacob Toppin playing 24, 25-plus minutes in the, in the yeah. box score tomorrow night. I really do. And I think it's going to be because they're, they're going to need his athleticism and stuff on the floor. And, and I just I just hope tomorrow night that the story isn't – I have a feeling we're going to be talking a lot about Kofi Coburn and not being on this <laughs> roster. I, I really do. I'm telling you. Like, if, if, if Kentucky loses and they get exposed, there's going to be a lot of people talking about, man, they, they could have had Kofi. They could have had Kofi to help, you know, anchor this interior. But I, I, do, I do think Kentucky's going to have a chance to win because, I, like I said last week, guard play wins you games in March – Guard play wins you games in November. But the thing is, they don't need offensive production from the interior. They just need defensive presence from the interior. They need somebody to step up and defend. I think you're going to see Kentucky run some double teams. And, and I think Cal, Orlando, and these guys will get creative with, with their, their defensive scheme and stuff on the, on the defensive end. It's some stuff that they're going to run to Palo and to some of these bigs. But the ultimate, the ultimate deciding factor to me is can they rebound? You're saying that you think Kofi will be a – Guy talked about well, what about Paolo? That was a guy a lot of people thought Kentucky was going to get right at a certain point. That that was, but I just think that Kofi, Kofi being talked about will be the guy that. Here's my thought: Cal, Cal didn't turn down Paolo. Ultimately, in the end of it, Kentucky decided to turn down Kofi, and Kofi could have anchored that here. I'm, I'm telling you, like they're going to they're going to. I just have a feeling they're going to regret that. Yeah, I've heard both on Coburn. I've heard he wasn't really that serious about UK. Maybe that was UK's end of it at the end. I don't know. Either way, he was in the portal, was linked to UK, and ultimately went back to Illinois. Um, whether they're talking, whether he's talking about tomorrow or not, you're right. At some point this year, I I don't see any scenario that at some point this season they don't have a, a really rough front court game that you just realize they just didn't have the bodies to win that game. Maybe some nights they'll be able to get away with it, but that does seem like the, the biggest crutch for this team at this point is um, interior defense. And, and guys, will, guys will hopefully improve, but you can only do so much, right, whenever you're playing against – I mean, this is a this is going to be a really good front court they play. It just means, you know, if you're not elite across the board, I don't think Kentucky's going to be elite in all areas by any means. You know, it does magnify some other things, like you said. I mean – Maybe you have some nights, Sean. You got to hit like 15 threes 
to win some games. You gotta. They can certainly do it. They can, yeah. I mean, you gotta play this team more than I wouldn't say more than any other, but this team compared to the last few years, like they really need to play to their strengths. And I mean, it puts some pressure on you because you you could be a victim of a bad shooting night. That you've seen it happen to teams. Um, you've seen it happen to Cal teams numerous times. Although I don't know that any of those Cal teams were across the board as good of a shooting team as this one is. Um, but I think like a lot of people just excited that it's here. I mean, it's, man, I can remember going back this summer and answering mailbag questions in, in June and July about basketball and rotations and everything. And, you know, you get the first real taste tomorrow and I'm sure those basketball mailbags will get flooded again once we get started. So I'm eager for it. I want to see how they play. Uh, Again, I'm not going to draw any huge conclusions tomorrow. I mean, it's a good opportunity to see where you stack up. But, again, we've seen it. I mean, college basketball is kind of a long season, man, really. I mean, you're talking about they're going to play over 30 games this year. What these two teams are tomorrow night, they will be much different come tournament time. And they'll be much different come the first week of December. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just that's the thing of it. I mean, you mentioned it's a long season. I, I just think that I think we're going to have a competitive game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout one way or the other. I, I think that Kentucky's going to find ways to have some success. And, and maybe if Oscar stays out of foul trouble, if Oscar can play 27 to 28 minutes tomorrow night, I think Kentucky has a chance. If he gets in foul trouble early, they're going to have to have someone step up. But that's where I think that that they're going to be able to get creative. They're going to do some things. They're they're going to be disruptive on the defensive end. And when you have a guy, when you're talking about post presence and you have an issue there with defending in the post, that's where your on-ball defense becomes even more important there. And Xavier Wheeler on the ball, pressuring the ball, he can disrupt and kind of take away some of those issues that Kentucky's going to have in the interior. If you have great ball pressure, you can give your bigs a chance. And some of these guys kind of just don't make it easy to get the ball in the post. And that's where, that's where I'm coming from. If Kentucky can rebound and negate some of Duke's second chance opportunities and then hit some threes on the offensive end and get some points in transition, I think Kentucky's going to be able to overcome some of those issues, but it's going to be the long run here. Can you overcome that thing in a six-game six NCAA tournament? That's where they've got to find something. And, and maybe maybe Damian Collins shines. Maybe Lance Ware does some good things. But it, tomorrow night we'll tell the tale with the interior. All right, let's hear your uh, score prediction and UK MVP. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say Kentucky wins this thing. 78-75, Sabir Wheeler's my MVP. I picked Duke 76-72 for Kentucky. I don't know that he's going to stuff the stat sheet in the way that really makes him an MVP, but I'm just going to tip my hat to the New York kid. I'm going to say Jacob Toppin has a good night. I don't know what that looks like, but if they win, I think Toppin plays a big big role in it. I think win or loss, he's going to have to play a big role like we talked about in this game. But um, you can see a number of guys. I think picking a game-by-game MVP is going to definitely be dependent on matchup. Wheeler's a good pick. Does Tata kind of have his freshman moment like Tyrese had up there a few years ago? Uh, does Kellen Grady bring a veteran presence? Davion Mintz, does he come off the bench, do anything? I mean, I'm very fascinated to see how this thing goes. But uh, I think Duke is is, is going to be better this season than Kentucky. Um 
doesn't mean that Kentucky couldn't beat them either tomorrow night or if they played in the tournament. I just think overall I could see – I think their team might be just a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, you got any predictions for – I feel like Kansas might might kind of run away with that first one. Yeah, I, I could see Kansas winning that one big. Uh, honestly, Michigan State's the only team. Are they even ranked in the top 25 preseason? I don't think Dude, so, I, right? I don't think I can name, like, hardly anyone on their team this year. <laughs> I mean – I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. I'm looking at the AP top 25 college basketball. I don't – why don't I know that? I usually know that. This, the season actually snuck up on me, Derek. We were oh, so caught up with up their, everything with sure. football. <laughs> it's definitely here. But I, I do think it's going to be a good night at Madison Square Garden. And, and the ultimate thing is, is if Kentucky loses it, they're going to be okay. Cal made the comment the other night, like, even if they get blown out, they got destroyed in that game in Indy a few years ago, and then they were a shot away from a Final Four and competing to win a national championship. Yeah, I mean, by results, they made it just as far as that Duke team did. <laughs> they did. But the fan base needs this. I mean, look, this is so eerie similar to what happened three years ago where Kentucky and Georgia played for the SEC East, and then Kentucky comes back and loses to Tennessee, plays horrible football, then they play Duke in MSG. So, or not MSG, but in yeah. the Champions Classic. So, uh it would be a big win. It'd be a win on your resume. You mentioned Chicago earlier in this podcast. That's an NCAA regional location this year is Chicago. I think Chicago, Philly, San Antonio, and San Francisco are the four NCAA regionals this year. Kentucky fans would love Chicago. Oh, yeah. yeah you want to play well in the regular season and try to get as good of a seat as possible and as good of a location. Uh, I think next year there's one in Louisville, which I don't know if they would send UK there, but uh, still one nearby again, just like in 2019. They'd have to be very, very, very good. Uh, first round, I know there's a location in Indy this year, too, so that's that might possibly be something that Kentucky looks like. And, yeah, by the way, Michigan State is not ranked. They're the first team out of the AP poll, so they're sitting at 26th if you're going off votes. So you got uh, four top, three top ten teams and an unranked team, but we've also seen it's the Champions Classic, Derek, uh, four really good head coaches. It's going to be a good night of college basketball. College basketball is finally here. This podcast is about to pick up a lot with uh, multiple games a week and everything. So be ready for post-game coverage, be ready for breakdowns. Uh, for me to start doing some film stuff on Twitter, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's definitely my favorite time of the year. Uh, but as always, the show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. You've got three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. <laughs>